0: Lots of energy. I love it. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, if you're new or you're visiting this morning, my name is Brian Bliss. I'm the worship pastor here at LCF. And uh, I had the privilege this morning of teaching our final message in this Proverbs series that we've been going through over the summer. And I um, saw TA in the office this morning as I was going through this uh, message. He's like, how are you doing? I said, man, I'd I'd really like to be about seven or eight feet back with a guitar in front of me. I'm a lot more comfortable back there. But um, there's been some great messages that we've heard over the course of this series. A lot of great practical things that we have been able to take out of Proverbs and apply to our life. And today, we really are going to come full circle back to Proverbs 1. Um, In the second week of this series, Tim actually talked about the fear of the Lord and he talked how the fear of the Lord is both a doorway and a path to wisdom. Today, I would like to add one more aspect to that and evaluate how the fear of the Lord can help us develop a posture of worship in our life. And I, I feel a little scattered, so I was telling, as I was telling T.A., so I, I think what makes sense, let me give you a little bit of a roadmap as, as to what I want to touch on today and then we'll, we'll work our way through that. First of all, we're going to go back, and I want to touch on the why of worship. It was two, maybe even three years ago, three summers ago, that I taught about worship, and mainly the why of worship and, and defining worship. So we'll, we'll take just a little bit of time and kind of recap that and dive into that. And then I want to talk about The difference between fear, just normal fear like we think about, and what what fear of the Lord means. What are we talking about, and what is that foundation when we talk about fear of the Lord leading to a posture of worship? And then finally, I want to spend some time just kind of breaking down what we mean by posture of worship. The difference between normal posture that we think of, and what does it mean to have a posture of worship So let's just start again with kind of laying that foundation of the why of worship. When we talked about this a couple years ago, I talked about worship being a response, an all-of-life response for who he is, for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do in our life. So let's look at this, who he is. There's so many attributes that we we could speak to on this part um, I just put up there, he's creator, he's sustainer, he is savior, and he's Lord. You can add a myriad of other attributes, and we worship him, and we respond and worship to him because of who he is. Amen? We respond and worship to what he has done. When you reflect back in Scripture and you look at the Old Testament, just the starting, beginning with Genesis, he speaks the world into existence. The power of God is amazing. We look at his his calling of Abraham. We look at him rescuing the nation of Israel so many times, his grace extended. And we see this anticipation, as Tim has talked about many times, of someone is coming and then he arrives. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus Christ. We see him ministering with his disciples. We see him raising the dead, healing the blind, giving sight to them. And of course, he offers his life on the cross for us so that we could have life. That's what he has done for us and we respond in worship to him for what he has done. You can also see what God has done in your own life. Reflect, reflect back on your own life and look back. Take time to do that on a consistent basis just to be thankful just to have a, a heart of thanksgiving for what God has done in your life, what he's brought you through. We respond in worship to God for what he is doing, right? We have the privilege, even just this, this summer, we have had some teams back in. Our team from Western Asia came in and they shared some of the things that God is doing right now in their ministries as, as he is moving and he is, they're seeing people come to Christ and salvation uh, just is, it's awesome to hear these stories. We had a team that went to Japan and we had some missionaries that came back and were able to spend some time sharing some things that, that God is doing in, in those areas of the world. God is active and he is doing amazing things all over the world. He's also active and doing things in your life right now that you can respond and worship for. So we respond and worship for what he's doing. And then finally, we respond and worship to what we know he will do. As a believer in Christ, we can look to scripture and we know that our eternity is secure. We have a hope and a future that is secure because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Amen? We know this because of the gospel, because of the good news of Jesus Christ. So we worship him and are thankful for him. We respond in worship because of what he will do. Now, there's obviously many Descriptions and definitions of worship. I like this particular definition. Uh, Louis Giglio says, Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who He is and what He has done, expressed in and by the things that we say and the way that we live. And I think in Scripture, this is most accurately uh, conveyed in Deuteronomy 6, five through seven. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. It's all of life. It's all of life. It is an all of life response. And I love that definition, and I love these, these words that we see in scripture to be challenged, that it's not just something, we've talked about this before, it's not something just that we do on Sunday mornings. It is something that we do when we leave here and hopefully Sunday mornings and whatever day or whenever you're at a, at a worship service corporately, that's just an, that's an overflow of hopefully what God is doing in the rest of our life. The world would say, It's all about me. Self-help, self-worship. It's okay, focus on yourself. That's the world's view of worship. The word says, worship God alone. He alone is worthy of our praise. The world would say, be proud. It's okay to be proud, be prideful. What does the word say? The word says to be humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. Let him exalt you. It's opposite, opposite things. Now, as we begin to kind of start shifting gears and looking at this with those foundations of, of kind of worship, why we worship and having defined worship in Scripture, where do we start? Let's, let's look at these verses. I, I chose these three verses. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 15.33 says the fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches, and humility comes before honor. And then finally, Proverbs 22.4 says humility and the fear of the Lord result in wealth, honor, and life. And as we begin to discuss and move to the next part of of the message and look at fear of the Lord and look at our posture Keep these as kind of the foundation, humility and fear of the Lord, and we'll talk about what that, what that looks like. Now, there's two types of fear, right? There is a fear that talks about um, more of a, an attitude, um, an awe, a reverence, and a respect, and then there's a scared type of fear. Now, if you've been around LCF at all, you understand that Tim Fritson is scared of spiders, Okay. So am I, like crazy scared of spiders. So I was trying to think, what's an illustration that we could capture? So picture me and Tim Fritzen in the desert with camel spiders, okay? Now, there's a picture of, of these things on, on the screen there. My first impression when I see that is, why, God, why did you create that? We're not supposed to question God, but I feel like it's justified in this, in this case, now, these camel spiders, my understanding is that they actually are drawn to shadows, like they, they want to, they'll continue to pursue you. So like if it's an animal or even a person starts to move or even run, they will, they will chase you. Now, this is a problem if me and Tim Fritzen are in this situation. Tim is faster than me. <laughs> now, remember, they're drawn to shadows. Tim is so thin, I don't even know if he casts a shadow. <laughs> So basically game over for Brian at this point. All right, so that's not the fear that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord that, please get off that, the screen there. That, I, cannot, I cannot concentrate on what comes next with a camel spider in my eyesight. Thank you. <laughs> when we think about the fear of the Lord, we want to, we want to think about awe and respect When you you stand at the base of a mountain or you view the mountains or you're standing at the Grand Canyon or you look at the night sky and you're out in the middle of the country without all the lights from the city and you just see the millions of stars, are you not in awe of God? There's a fear of the Lord that is talking about a respect and an unbelievable Ah, oh, just for who he is, his power. He literally spoke that into existence. What kind of power does it take to speak that into existence, to create life from his words? What kind of knowledge, what kind of power? Are you not in awe of who God is? I think it's important, and I want to encourage you, one of the things to encourage you today is just look for opportunities to increase your awe of who God is. Man, we can do this. We can do this in so many ways. You don't have to look at the night sky or at the Grand Canyon. You can look no further than your own family. Just watching your children, um, just just being in awe of God, what he's done for you. Just just being in awe of how he's blessed you. So just just look look for opportunity to to increase your awe factor, if you will, of who God is and, and what he's done Right, Who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. All right? So how does this relate to the fear of the Lord and having a posture of worship? Let's let's begin to look at what we're we're talking about when we talk about posture. So here's just a general definition, right? Posture is... uh, Position in which someone holds their body when they're standing or sitting. And there's also the, more of the, the attitude side of this, a particular way uh, of considering something. It's an approach, right, or an attitude. Now, I'm going to tell you just real frankly, I, I have horrible posture. My wife is teasing me pretty consistently about how I'm slouchy. I don't know if that's a word, but uh, that's what I am. I'm slouchy in my posture, that's default for me, is just sliding in a chair and not, not being intentional, right? Now, I looked at some of the descriptions on the side effects of having poor posture. See if any of these resonate with you. Um, and you're going to see that just like we have posture issues in, in, in the physical, we're going to talk about the fact that having poor posture is also going to have some effects and side effects on the spiritual side of this as well. But here they are. Back pain check. Uh, Body aches and pains, check. Uh, Headaches and muscle fatigue, check. Um, Here's one I did not realize. Development of a pot belly, (laughs) check, okay. (laughs) I'm going to take a wild stab that it also maybe has something to do with the volume of pizza, cookies, and Sheridan buckaroos that I eat, but in general, you you get the picture. So let's talk about a posture of worship, okay? Now I'm gonna talk first about an internal posture because I think the reality is our internal posture of worship has an effect on our external posture, okay? When we're talking about a posture of worship, we're talking about the heart and the mind. You know, and I think it's interesting because when, when you think about these two things, these internal things, we have the ability to really kind of fool others, right? We can, we can kind of throw a false front there and we can make it look like we've got it all together and you know, all, all is good. But the truth is, maybe that's not what's going on. But you know who does know what is going on in our heart and in our mind is the Lord, right? He understands the things that we're thinking. He understands us. In Psalms ninety four eleven says, the Lord knows the thoughts of mankind. They're futile. Psalms 139, verse 1 and 2 says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from far away. He not only knows our thoughts, he understands us. He knows how we are wired. These things are important and they're going to be so important. We'll talk in a minute about... How do we improve and affect our internal posture, our heart and our mind, so that we can hopefully then allow that to be expressed in our external posture? And so then the other part of this is, and we'll talk about this, but the external post- posture. Guys, this, there's physical aspects. This is just not just corporate. It's not like only what we do when we come into this service in terms of expressing our worship outwardly. But even personally, I mean, I find myself, I'm, I'm a music person so I love certain music and man I I mean I could just be by myself driving down the road and the right song will come along and man I I mean I'll be laughing or raising my hands externally expressing just what I'm what I'm hearing in those words and in those lyrics. We can express that physically when you're at home and you're praying sometimes it might you might need to just to be on kneeling or maybe even just prostrate before the Lord laying down. Nobody else is around But it's just an expression personally of being humble before God. Having an external posture that expresses to the Lord, Lord, you are worthy of praise, and I give you my praise, not only in our heart and our mind, but externally. So let's look at how we can improve our internal posture. This is not rocket science, guys. Time in the Word. Psalms 119, 105 tells us the Word is is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light for our path. But in order for that to be the case, you have to open it up. If we don't have it open and allowing the Word to illuminate our life, then it's not going to. We have to spend time in the Word, allowing it to illuminate the areas of our life that we need it to. Psalms one hundred nineteen eleven. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. If you've memorized word or you know places that you can go, the word is so powerful to help us when we're struggling with something. If we are battling uh, an issue with sin or we are struggling and challenged with something, man, the word can be so encouraging and, and help us right when we need it. But it comes from familiarity with the word, being in the word, knowing where to go and to find those, that encouragement. I'd encourage you to, to spend time, spend time knowing the word, just spend time learning it, being able to, to know some key. Write down in your Bible um, or carry with you on your phone, just note some, some key things. There's apps that talk about different scriptures that you, can, that you can turn to when you're struggling with certain things. Whatever it is, all of those things, do all of those things, but spend time in the word. And that John, I like the other verse, John 15, I don't have it on the, the, the screen there, but John 15, one to five says, we need to abide in him. If you want to bear fruit in your life, if you want to you see fruit Um, the fruit of the Spirit and you want to see things happen in your life that are from the Lord, then we have to be attached to the vine. You can't can't be dead. You have to be attached to the living Word. You have to be attached to, to God in order for Him to impact and to help you see that fruit in your life. That's coming from time in the Word. Time in prayer. Man, this is one I mean, it's so obvious, but, and I don't know about you, you guys, this is one that I struggle with. I, I, I actually, so there's, there's scripture that says pray without ceasing. That's from, and the way I view that, that's a, it's more of a conversational prayer. And I think that's important, but it's, it takes intention, right? Just to, just as we were talking about with our, uh, with our our posture. It takes intention. You have to decide, I want to spend time and I want to consistently go to the Lord in prayer, lift up uh, the, the needs that, that come to your heart and your mind, be praying for others. James 5, 13 to 18, make a note of that and read that sometimes. It's importance of power of prayer. It talks about Elijah. I mean, and, and what I love about that little section there is it says he was just, he was just a normal man. He was just human. And yet look at what he, what he prayed for and how God moved. Was it because he was somebody special? No, it says right there in the word. He was just, he was a normal. We're normal. As normal as we can be. We're all jacked up, but we're still normal-ish. Spend time in prayer. Be willing to call out to God. And then time in relationships. Got up there church, doing life together. Man, I'm so, uh, we if you're not in a small group or you're not in some sort of a discipling relationship, I want to encourage you. Man, there's so much value in that. I, we have an awesome uh, small group that Susan and I are a part of, and uh, we just find so much encouragement in that as we just spend time, uh, have a meal together, or we're, when we break, um, break down the, the message from that week and we spend time praying and reflecting on that and just encouraging each other, letting, letting each other know what's going on. That, that's, that helps you. That's encouraging. If you're not doing that, you're missing a very important part of, of the church body, of the body of Christ being able to encourage you. I have a group of guys that I meet with and we're doing some discipleship. And it's, it's just so awesome to go through the word with some, some other guys that, that I know are praying for me and that we're challenging each other. It's, it's important. And as a church, we've been talking about being engaged, being intentional about discipling, being discipled and discipling others. It's not just about me and us just, you know, bringing and taking in this great stuff. Tim, Tim teaches every single week, just awesome messages, but it's not just about eating and feeding off that ourselves. It's about trying to give that out. It's pouring into others, serving others and the community aspect. You want to change your internal posture? Serve others. Serve others it'll 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 give you a humility and a um, just an understanding of what what's going on there's There's other people who are hurting there are people in need so so do those things. And I think I would just I would close that part out just by again encouraging you to understand the importance of being intentional. if I am not intentional, which on my posture. I again default to the the slouchy factor. The same, the same thing will apply spiritually. If you aren't intentional about changing these things that impact your internal posture towards the Lord, your heart and your mind, it's not gonna just happen. We don't just we don't just wake up and you know, it just happens. There's an there's a there's an intentionality that has to occur. And, and it doesn't, sometimes it's not hard. It's not like we even, you know, I think some people's impressions of Tim or, you know, a pastor that teaches every week is they wake up in the morning and they bound into the study and it's just, man, I can't wait. No, there's, there's times that it's, that it's hard and that it's effort and, and it's straining, but it's worth it. It's worth it, amen? Amen. All right, so let's look, let's look at how we improve our external posture same thing. It's being intentional, but I want to encourage you here in this in this next few minutes, and um, in just a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna move into a time of communion. But I wanna I wanna encourage you in these in these final uh, kind of thoughts from an external posture perspective. If if you're gonna do well at allowing your internal posture to be expressed externally, even even in your personal, but especially in a corporate setting, you are going to have to focus on certain things and not focus on others. I'll tell you what we don't want to place our focus on, and that's that's ourself and or others. It is easy, especially depending on uh, how you were raised and maybe the background you came from, but it's just real easy to, to be awkward and kind of intimidated from an external expression of worship. But it, it's, if we have the right focus it should become easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but it should be easier because it's not about you and it's not about the people around you, what they are saying. It's about God. It's about our Savior who is worthy of our worship. And so I want to ask you, when you come into worship each week, are you prepared? Have you spent time personally worshiping throughout the week. And so when we get here, it's an overflow of what's taking place throughout your week. Do you... I like this question here. Do you have the right level of expectation and anticipation of what can take place when you come to this service? I'm going to be honest. Um, Tim and I have talked some about this. Sometimes it's just... uh, Our team... Sometimes, you know, third service you know week after week it you know you get we get to going through the motions and we lose sight of the fact that someone's eternity could be changed that's in any of these services if you're here this morning and you've not ever had a moment where you've called on Christ to save you from your sin and you don't know about that relationship it's not about church guys it is not about walking in these doors and that's that gets it okay I'm assured that no, not just in LCF and churches all over the world, there are people who think that it's to, the church thing, kind of the, the, let me, I'll just go to church and then that'll take care of it. No, it won't. You have to have a relationship with Christ that comes by being born again. Read John chapter 3. Nicodemus, a religious person, a religious man, Pharisee, comes to Christ. What do I need to be, to be born again? Well, you Or to go to heaven. You must be born again it it's not it's not like we just default oh, I believe in God well or I'm an American I'm a Christian you know well that that's not it it's a relationship and we lose sight of the fact someone's eternity can be changed in the very service that we are you know thinking about what's going on for lunch or later that afternoon it's it's it requires some intentionality and, and, and just the importance of placing our focus back on the right thing. So think about, do you have in your life the right anticipation and the right expectation as you come in um, and express your, your worship? And I would say it like this. Um, I see what Tim goes through every week, how much time I got here. Um, when, you, when you think about, when you receive a gift that you really, really like, as a kid, or heck, even as an adult. Man, you can see, there's just kind of this level of excitement and, and anticipation of that, right? It's just, and you know, whatever it is, is there anything that matches the gift that we have received from Christ? Is there anything worthy of greater praise than the gift that we have received by knowing the Lord and Him saving us and and giving us that hope in that future? No, there's not. And so when you come in, we should have that level of, uh, inside of us of a realization of what's going on and, and being willing to express that. If you are someone that is passing out communion, you can go ahead and, um, and start making your way up as we start to talk about these final, these final components. I'm gonna talk about some, some parts of, Um, of the psalms that we see in the various aspects. Um, The spoken voice speaking. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Shouting. Psalms 27, 6. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his tabernacle. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And singing... Guys, I love it when we when when there is a there's like some give and take in our times of worship. There are some who are, we talk about speaking, there's some who are vocal. I know Tim, as he's teaching, he'll hear a hey, amen, you know. There's there's a there's feedback, there's an expression of like, we're I'm in agreement with that. That's that's part of this, that's part of expressing our worship, being willing to speak, to, to shout, you know, to seeing our posture. Hey, bowing, standing and dancing. Sometimes you come in here, Joe actually alluded to this last week in the, in the announcements. There was a song and he's like, you know, you might be coming in and it's there's some tough stuff going on in our lives and it might be hard. It's especially gonna be hard if you're not putting the right things in your life. It might be hard to sing some of these lyrics that we, that we sing. But we are in awe of, of who he is, our posture. Sometimes it might just be bowing before the Lord. It might be just in awe of of who he is and being humble and quiet before him. Because you might be in a, a particular time in your life where it's hard to it's hard to want to express joy because there's not joyful things happening in your life. I I think God He knows us, remember? He knows our heart, He knows our mind. He wants us to be transparent in how we worship Him. It's, we can't hide anything from Him. So worship Him. Worship Him. Be transparent in how we worship Him. Our, our hands. I was talking to someone, you know, it, clapping. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of, of joy. Man, it's, it's okay, people, to clap, to, to, to dance. Some of us are like, you know, it's like, uh, I'm not going to move, you know. I grew up, I grew up in a, in a ch- small Southern Baptist church, uh, Lee Summit. My dad was a music director. There's probably 100 and you know 120 people. Normal, normal service. And man, it was. I mean, it was conservative, traditional. We'd be, you know, as a youth, I'd be back in the back. If somebody did one of these kind of like barely raising their hands, you're like, what's what's happening? You know, if they did this, there was something crazy going on, right? <laughs> Okay, well what was going on was worship. They were they were just willing and more comfortable expressing their worship. I don't know what your background is, but be willing to allow God to move in your life and to allow Him to allow yourself to express your worship to Him. We lift our hands. For me, I'll just I'll just say this. I I there's not like there's this worship Picture worship dictionary that says here's the here's the you know here's what this looks like. I just I'll tell you from my from my standpoint. When I'm if I'm this man for me, God, you are worthy of praise. You're worthy of worship. This this to me if I if if I'm like Lord, I just I want to I want to receive what you have for me today. To me that that's an, it's expressing to me that I want to receive from you. Be be willing to be expressive in your worship. We're going to move to time of communion, and communion is such an awesome, awesome time for us. It's a chance that we get to, as a body, um, to to take communion together and to reflect on what He's done for us. The bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. The juice represents the blood that He shed for our salvation. If you're a believer in Christ, this is the chance that we have to take together and reflect on what Christ has done for us on the cross. Would you pray with me as as we prepare to take communion? Father, we thank you and we love you. So thankful for the truth of who you are. We worship you, Father. Lord, we know that you know our hearts and our minds. God, we want to give you our praise. You are worthy of our praise, Father. Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you've done for us on the cross. It's in your name that we pray, amen. The bread represents his body that was broken for you. Take and eat. The juice represents his blood that was spilled for you. Take and drink. As we move into this time of worship, just wanna encourage you to just reflect on these lyrics. When we come in, guys, I I hope you you really do focus on what we we sing. That opening song, Your Love Awakens Me. You called me out from the grave. You called me into the light. You called my name and then my heart came alive. There were walls between us, but by the cross you broke them down. We're gonna sing in a minute the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. From the moment I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you've been faithful. We're going to start with this song. I asked them to sing that they they sang a couple weeks ago um, called Nothing Else. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this holy moment. Don't want to leave. As we enter into a time, would you be willing to express your worship to the Lord internally and externally? Let's, let's stand and let's worship together.